2: FST, Tuesday morning. Mike Blue to Day Martinez. Oh, the Giants look good, huh?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Well, the, the one thing you can say is that they're making mistakes across the board. It's not just Eli. It's a little bit of everybody. I thought Matt Hasselbeck uh, on the postgame last night did a nice job of sort of explaining exactly what, is going on right there. A lot of people are eager to jump on Eli. They're eager to jump on Pat Shermer because of the play calls late. And I'll do that too. But it's a variety of mistakes. They have a $15 million left tackle that got to the free agency market for a reason. He's obviously not playing well. Will Hernandez whiffs on a couple blocks. Eli had no chance on a few of these plays. And Eli misses Odell. Odell. In, on that really good play call, actually, by Shermer, misses Odell. You see him he's mouthing,
3: throw it to Odell.
2: And he's right. <laughs> and I heard you saying that he's siding with Odell. I, I think in that play, absolutely. The play is to Odell, and he's open. And Eli got scared to throw it. He didn't want to loft it over the defender. I, I think that would have been a touchdown. And then a little bit later in the game, Matt Hasselbeck, who's very good at this, he, Odell has a corner route to the end zone and he runs a, he runs a, what has to be called a stick to the to the defender to freeze him in his tracks right. and then go to the corner. He doesn't need to do that. He just needs to get to the corner so the ball will be there, and then Eli, it looks like Eli overthrows it, but there's nobody there. Eli, Eli doesn't have a target to throw to. So there's nobody even in the area. So mistakes all around by the Giants, but I do give them credit because the defense kept them in the game. Atlanta has an unbelievable knack for not putting games away. They really do, but uh, they were able to do that last night. I-, I thought what Shermer did in the post-game press conference addressing those quote unquote right away he got issues. out in
3: front of the two-point conversion. Yeah. And he's stuff. like, look,
2: yeah. we have a fifty percent chance, a fifty percent better chance of winning the game if I go for two there. So I'm like, all right, I get it. If you're reading the analytics, I'm not looking at your uh, exact analytical analysis of the game. You're the coach. No problem. That's a legitimate explanation. Part of me says that I want to stay in the game as long as possible, but frankly, the game isn't lost by missing the two there. It's going to, you know, you just have to get the next two to tie it, obviously, but 50-50 chance Mm -hmm. of getting that two-point conversion. So I'm not going to crush him on that. I will crush him on not reigning Eli in. I think it's pretty apparent that the second QB sneak is on Eli? Like he just got up and called that
3: and did it again. Yeah, <laughs>
2: they ran the two back-to-back QB sneaks. I can't imagine that Shermer would have called that twice in a row. Yeah, but and he didn't address he calls that. The first too.
3: one, I think he calls the first one. But then when the clock is running and they're in kind of you know fire drill mode, yeah. Eli is just like, I'm just going to run it again.
2: It did show uh, a lack of awareness. And it got stuffed. In my mind, it showed a lack of awareness on Eli's part. I just thought that was um, right. Uh, clearly not the way you want to go, but. For fantasy owners, a little bit of goodness with five seconds left. I think Odell saved people's bacon by having a good game, but also that complete garbage touchdown. And uh, a very Mm -hmm. unique onside kick. Uh, It didn't work, obviously, but when Julio Jones is tracking things down, I think you're going to have a hard time getting to it anyway. So the Giants take the L. Man, Matty Ice. Matty Ice. (laughs) All of this is playing into your hands if you're uh, Matt Ryan odor, because the defense, which did play better last night, uh, he's they Booger McFarlane said it on many occasions last night, they are a vertical passing offense. It's just what they are. And they're going to mix in Tevin Coleman and Edo Smith as much as they can, but they are just trying to throw the ball downfield. Marvin Hall, Coolio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, when Sanu's in the mix and Sanu, it's just uh, a, a very impressive offense but they still like i was just watching last night i even tweeted out they just have a knack for not being able to finish off games there's the the other team is always in it against the falcons you know it's a the game was 10-6 after three and then we have a 14-13 fourth quarter so the scoring really ramped up i think the game yeah it did in fact the game on that final, well, what was the over last night? Was it 52?
3: Oh, unfortunately, Mike, because I didn't want to go here, but that was one of your picks last so, week, was the and over? I didn't want to do it. You had the Falcons-Giants over 54-and-a-half,
2: which Well, I didn't even come did close. Come I mean, it just it no. didn't happen. So, but the no. Giants did cover on that touchdown late, so... Uh, yes. a lot of people had uh, Falcons minus three and a half, minus four. So uh, it's a tough beat there at the end of the game. You kind of saw it was coming once the field, once the Giants had enough time and they hit a couple of big yeah. plays. you kind of knew there that was going to be
3: garbage time there. Yeah. So uh, Matt Ryan. So
2: Matt Ryan to recap the stats. Matt Ryan, thirty-one of thirty-nine, three seventy-nine, and a touchdown. Tevin Coleman, eleven for fifty and a touchdown. of that long. Run for a touchdown, thirty yard. It was a thirty yard run, I believe. Uh, It was
3: exactly a thirty yard run because I know because at that moment in time, I was up on my guy Corey Parsons in our matchup. I was up by exactly nine point four points, and I was doing the math. I was like, okay, they're inside the thirty now, so a thirty yard run keeps me with the W. Unless it's a thirty yard pass here, I'm still in good shape, and that's exactly what happened. I got a W over our guy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah buddy. I did.
2: You better hope. And also, that you better hope there's no stat the fa- corrections coming. 12, I know. 12 when the
3: Falcons were
2: by point four. When the Falcons were
3: trying to run it out. When the Falcons were trying to run out the clock at the very end. I don't know if you saw it, but they were trying to run out the clock, and they had a couple of offensive line penalties that yes. pushed them back that last that's drive. Right. On the third down, there was a play that was called that was a successful. Would have been an obvious bootleg out to Edo Smith. You know, and that, and then they had to call the play back, because uh, our guy, the fantasy executive, was riding out Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith against me and Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram. He had four guys in Monday night that I had to fend off. I wound up winning by less than half a point.
2: Oh, wow, that is interesting. Um, yeah. And it just sort of worked out for you perfectly. I was up
3: by like 40 going into it, and I thought I had no chance, but uh, I was excited about the 10 6 halftime score. Let's put it that
2: way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Evan Ingram not not great. So let me keep going through these stats. Julio Jones yeah. 9 for 104. He now has 811 receiving yards on the year and no touch- zero touchdowns. No touchdowns. <laughs> 12 targets on the year. He was he was the interview after the game with uh, Steve Young and uh, Susie Colbert and Lou, Lou Riddick. So I thought he did a really nice job of just diffusing all of that. Matt Ryan has called him the most selfless player he's ever played with and I thought Julio Jones is he was just up front. He's like, I really don't care. He's like I understand that people want me to score touchdowns, but I don't really care. I'm glad we're winning and that's that. I think the Falcons, as we I said this a couple of weeks ago, when they were one and four, these next these five weeks lined up pretty well for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're gonna be three and four right now and their schedule lines up after this. They have a at walk, they, have, they have a bye. They have a buy and then at it's Washington. Washington at Cleveland at versus Cleveland. the Cowboys. Um I'd say they could get all three of those and be six and four, but let's just give them two and three. They're five Five and five, and and they're fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I think it will be difficult for them to make it because after that, they they have to go to New Orleans and play the Ravens and go to the Packers and go to the Panthers. So uh, they got some tough games down the stretch, but it's not – they are the one and four team that lost some tight games that still has an opportunity to get back in here in the mix. So – so that's it for the Falcon side of things. The Marvin Hall touchdown, a really good throw, a catch and throw there. Janoris Jenkins, he just got smoked. What can I say? Uh, I mean, that, that happens from time to time. But he plays aggressively, and Marvin Hall obviously is a, a little faster than him. Austin Hooper, 3 for 48. Calvin Ridley, 5 for 43 on the six targets. And see, they ran... 36 pass plays, it looks like. Is that right? No, 39 pass plays.
3: 39 attempts.
2: And they had 20 carries. So 59 attempts. That game was actually pretty quick, too. It ended uh, earlier than a lot of Monday night games do. So uh, I I think it's business as usual for the Atlanta Falcons passing offense. Obviously, Sanu, only two catches for 21 yards. It's usual suspects. Hooper's going to have those up and down. Weeks, Julio Jones is the guy you want. Tevin Coleman, I heard you guys talking in the last hour. I, I just think he's a he's a permanent fantasy value with Freeman out, uh, and I think those are the types of games that you can expect more often than not. The 13 touches could vary and probably go up in most weeks when they're running more plays, but the 82 yards and a score, I think you take that and run with it.
3: Absolutely. I think Tevin Coleman is a flex play, moving kind of forward. And, you know, you brought up Booger McFarlane and the guys on the telecast. You know what I think is great about Booger? He likes to try to establish his own narrative. He had two of them. He had two narratives that he was pumping big time last night. One was that Matt Ryan is an elite quarterback. (laughs) No, well, there was that one, too. There was Matt Ryan is an elite quarterback. He was saying that, you know, every time he got a chance. And then at the end of the game, he was like... All right, we've said it enough. We can put that to bed. It's decided. He's an elite quarterback. (laughs) And the other nugget that he was throwing out there um, a lot, I I disagree with. He said that Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Muhammad Sanu were the best triplet of wide receivers in the National Football League. He said that a lot. He was like, you got the best three wide receivers in the NFL. You got the best group of three wide receivers in the NFL. He said that a ton. And I don't know, but I think there's a group in Los Angeles under Jared Goff that might beg to differ.
2: Yeah. L.A.'s got an argument there. I think uh, – I mean, Denver's about to not have that argument. because They're not going to have it, one anymore, right. It, they might be moving on from one of them.
3: Uh, but I just thought it was funny, you know. Like, I just thought it was funny that he just kept on saying It's in saying the conversation,
2: it. but I, I agree. It like, is. I'm going to have L.A. over them for now.
3: You know, but like one of these three we're talking about is a rookie who's played six games in the NFL, and one of the guys we're yeah, talking about good. is really – He is, sure, but, you know – uh, he's he not looks a little like top.
2: Marlon Lance, too. <laughs> A little like Marlon White. Yeah,
3: I saw that. Yeah, you saw that when he uh, yeah. hit the long field goal. <laughs> yeah, when yeah, vecchio yeah. hit the long field goal. Yeah. And then the other last thing I'll say on this, Blue, before we move on, is as it relates to Julio Jones, right? I was thinking this too. You know, the guy is averaging over 100 yards a game. 812 yards after seven games. Like I was thinking, will he? Might, might he finish with something like nine, 1900 yards and like only one touchdown? And then Scott said to yeah. me last hour, "Where's the one touchdown even going to come?" And then I, before I pulled up the Schedule in a vacuum, I was like, Oh, the home game against Tampa and that bad defense. But he already had that game and he went 10 catches for 144 yards on it. Then I look and the other t- Tampa matchup that he has, of course, week 17. So it wouldn't help you for fantasy anyway.
2: Yeah, it'll happen at some point. I, I, I of think, course it will, but I it's think hysterical. It's unfortunate for fantasy owners, but I, luckily I don't have any Julio this year. I'm long on Matt Ryan, but I don't have any Julio shears this year across my. Seven teams. So let's go to the giant side of things. I bashed them to start, but pretty good statistical output here. 399 for Eli and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley, 14. Let me see how many catches. Nine. Wow. Nine. 23 <laughs> yeah. touches for 94 yards. Is that right? And, and a touchdown. And a, and a touchdown. So what do you want and to say? A two point uh, yeah. And a
3: two-point conversion.
2: And a two-point conversion. And a two-pointer. So um, t- the 10 targets, you know, they consistently – Getting the ball to him, so no complaints about Barkley. He continues to be uh, as productive as you would want. Clearly, you want to do more efficient on the ground, but we got offensive line issues. What can I say? Uh, Evan Ingram actually got a carry last night, Pretty, yeah. <laughs> this is a rarity. Odell, 8 for 143 and the score. The score came late with five seconds left, but he was having a big game before then. Could have been a second touchdown as well if um, they connected on that previous play that I talked about. And Sterling Shepard, 5 for 167. I was playing against Sterling Shepard last night, and he made it closer than I would like. I still won, but he made it closer than I would like. Um, so there you go. Moving forward, as we said, bye for the Falcons, the Giants schedule from here on out. They host Washington, go to San Francisco, and host the Bucks. I know the Giants are a mess, but that's a pretty easy three games. Pretty easy, in terms of how the schedule is lining up these next three weeks. I got to. You would think they get one or two of those, um, but I don't know. I mean, they just still continue to make so many mistakes across the board, as I detailed early. I, I, it's it's hard to have any confidence in them. But they'll probably be underdogs in these games. Uh, they might even be a home underdog against Washington. Uh, let's see if see if you can find that spread. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how it's laying out there to start. So,
3: sure, they usually don't put up the Monday night team too early, but I'll uh, check it out because some of the week, uh, some of the week eight spreads are out there. But I don't think the Giants or the Falcons will be up just yet. I'm, no, it's not up on the board just yeah.
2: yet. Yeah, it uh, looks like an early open at some of the bo- uh, at some of the books. Westgate hasn't posted it yet. An open is. Pick'em or minus one for Washington. So it'll be right around there, I would say, the majority of the week. We could see it swing one way or the other. I don't know that public money would be on Washington on the road, so it should probably hang around there. It wouldn't surprise me if that's the open at Westgate. So um, Dean and I's romp through our league is done. We were six and zero. We got it's annihilated. Not done. It's just
3: on pause. I'm
2: just saying the undefeated romp through the league is okay. over. We got annihilated by uh, Greg Sussman and friends. I got
3: Greg Sussman. Yeah. So
2: it is what it is. We had two starting running backs go down. It wouldn't have mattered. He put up such a big number that I think we would lose in almost every week. There's very few scores. and that makes me that feel high. better about things. Yeah.
3: You know? Yeah. I'd rather it not come down to a decision I made. I'd rather be like, no matter what I did, I would have taken the L. You know? So, uh, it's all good. We tip our cap to our guy, Sussmania, Greg Sussman.
2: Yeah. So, um, but it does bring up the two points, which I'm sure have been discussed by many people. Marshawn Lynch is mm. done. Maybe done. Probably done as a Raider. Definitely done as a Raider. Probably done for his career. I don't know. Exactly what his long-term plans are. Maybe he'd come back. I don't know. But with Gruden cleaning house and the way he is, I just imagine that um, you're going to have to look at Jalen Richard, Doug Martin as options. I don't really love any of the Raiders running game anyway. I didn't love it with Lynch. You and I had him. and Or no, I had him in one league. I played him this week. It's maybe the first and last time. Maybe it was the first... Definitely was the last time I'll be playing him this year as he goes on IR. So you got some running back options there. They also traded Amari Cooper for a first-round pick, and he goes to Dallas now, as you detailed in the previous hour. He's on a bye this week. He's got two consecutive bye weeks. The Raiders are on a bye because they're in London, and now Dallas has a bye, so he'll have some time off and uh, a chance to integrate with the team down in Dallas. Good change of pace for him. Good change of scenery for him. Uh, what does that mean in Oakland? Seth Roberts, you want to jump on that bandwagon? Is Jordy Nelson an no. increase in touches? No. The only thing I can tell you I feel great about is you and I have any under on the Raiders this season. You had it at like nice. nine. I have it at yep. eight. And they are clearly punting the whole thing. I guess from a mm-hmm. macro standpoint, you just wonder if by the time they get to Vegas, Derek Carr is the quarterback. In a couple of years.
3: I think th- I think they will hold on to Carr. And I'm only saying this because I remember John Gruden's like passing camp going into the draft, you know. But they're clearly taking He tanking. loved every
2: quarterback in his passing camp.
3: Gruden, though, Gruden's on a 10-year plan. He's got a 10-year contract. And he's got a ton of draft picks to make them better when they're in Vegas, baby. What does he care about the Oakland fan base?
2: What do you think the locker room dynamic is between like Giorgio DeVecchio and like Calvin Ridley? Four. Do you think those guys hang out? All right, oh, we'll those come- guys? Yeah. yeah. We'll come back right <laughs> after the break.
1: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day.
2: Back on FST, Tuesday recapping the Monday night action and obviously getting you set for your waiver wire claims and some other big news that came out. So a story came out yesterday about Le'Veon Bell says he won't be reporting to the facilities this week. Go ahead and jump. So, Sorry. uh, (laughs) Ian Rappaport added that the most likely reality now for Le'Veon Bell is that he opts to show up after the October 30th trade deadline at 4.01 p.m. on Tuesday, next Tuesday, one week from today, just to ensure right. that the Steelers don't ship him out. It seems that both Bell and Steelers president the II are opposed to the idea anyway. So um, I, this does not surprise me at all. I thought from the time he held out, the most likely thing that he'd come back by week, by week 10 Now, uh, after the trade deadline is technically after week eight, he has until November 13th. So I still think the most likely scenario, despite what Ian Rappaport is saying, and I respect him a lot, is that he shows up like November 12th or November 13th, signs that thing, plays those last seven weeks in the playoffs, and to see you later. Uh, He he can say all he wants, like, I want to be a Steeler for life. Like, that's over. That's just not going to happen. Um, it doesn't have to be terribly acrimonial. You know, the way this is handled is it's not ideal. So that is my opinion. I do think, and this is obviously guesswork, but I do think yeah. that he's just going to make his point, uh, holding out to the last possible second, and then I'll sign and I'll be in shape and ready to go. Uh, for you James Conner owners, it's good news. You got another week. He's going to be the man for one more week.
3: Let me ask you something, Blue, because I know you understand this contract stuff a little bit more than me. Yeah. I know that part of the reason that he now doesn't want to come before the trading deadline is because he wants to take that move away from the Steelers, right? Yeah, yeah. That they can just go ahead and flip him. So I understand yeah. that. And The other thing that we've been talking about but it is we because Pause
2: one second. It is also indicative ahead. of the fact that he still doesn't trust them. Art Rudy, right. the II right. is saying, I don't want to trade you. And Bell is saying, Great. I'm still coming in after the deadline so that you don't. Yeah. Okay.
3: So here's my question. If 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 you know, if there is an absence of trust, which there clearly is, yeah. right? Yeah. I understand the trade deadline as a threshold that Lev may want to take that bullet out of the Steelers' arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. My question though honestly is, we talk about him reporting, you know, so for before week 10 so he could get the 6 games of service time or whatever he needs. What it's would right prevent after week the Steelers 10, Okay, but what, what would prevent the Steelers from just, like, not dressing him one of those six games or not having him active so he doesn't get the year of service credit? Like, no, do the no, Steelers no, no, still, no. if they that's really the wanted to play like that? No. That's what I'm asking. Okay, yeah. how does it work? Then? No, no, how no. Does it If work? they
2: inactivate him, it doesn't matter. He's on the 53-man roster, and he's signed a contract, so they can't take service credit. They can't time put eligible.
3: him on the practice squad? They can't put him on the no, practice he squad? he's not really?
2: eligible for practice squad. Practice squad is, is three-year... Three years of service or under. And okay. if, if, just hypothetically, if you put somebody on a practice squad, they can be signed by any team in the league. So right. you can't make, if, if, say, you have a high-priced asset, a younger asset on your team, that you're like, well, he can't make the 53-man roster like right now, but we like him a lot. So we're just going to stash him, him on the practice it. squad. He can immediately be signed by any team in the league. So I see. Uh, they are so there's no
3: out push. for the Steelers if they really wanted to screw it to him. They couldn't, like, suspend him for a violation of team rules or something like that, which would lead to him getting five games and not six if they uh, really wanted to I mean, they could to, do that, but to, screw uh, to, your,
2: to your greater question, it does not – Uh, impact his service time at all the service time okay just you know injuries and and uh team levied suspensions and that kind of stuff no that that would not that is not in the cba to for them to be able to do that so my my ultimate point on his the way that they're handling this is i just don't and i don't blame him for this i understand why he's upset and i understand what he is looking for i don't know the exact number Uh, I do know the Steelers put a sort of Fugazi contract in front of him, as we detailed a few weeks back. But I just don't know that the $8 million he will have sacrificed, because this is a (laughs) a $14.5 million tender. We're talking about
3: 850 a week.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that he's going to get it on the back end. I just don't know.
3: You You won't get it from Pittsburgh.
2: (laughs) Clearly not. (laughs) we talked about other landing spots for him, the Jets and the Colts and all this other kind of stuff. So I just want to let everybody know that. If you're a Le'Veon Bell guy and you're like, you've already moved him into the starting lineup for this week, you put him back on the bench because he ain't coming in. According to Ian Rappaport, I still think he will hold out. The the trade deadline thing does make sense to me, but I think he's pushing Mm -hmm. it all the way. I think I'll see you guys on November 13th, the very last day I can come in. So – that's it. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's clearly, you know, it's clearly gotten sour in that relationship. They're both you now, Lev is clearly just doing what he needs to do to get himself ready for free agency. And the Steelers have moved on as well, which I is don't, why yeah.
2: Go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 sorry.
3: I was gonna say, which is why I think contrary to what their scheme has been for the better part of the last decade, I still do think they're gonna have a little bit of uh timeshare even in those last six games. I don't think they're going to uh you know, just simply push Connor aside. I know they're a one back system, but they also have to worry about Connor's mentality for the longer term. Also, they have to continue to show faith in Connor because he's going to be their running back moving forward. I think they have to treat him with a little bit of kid gloves as well in this scenario.
2: Yeah, it's a new dynamic for them. Here's what I think I, I do not think that it will be acrimonious between management and Bell. At this point, it's strictly business. We're going to play this out. We're going to try and win a title, and we want no drama. And I think Mike Tomlin is pretty good at diffusing that kind of stuff. Obviously, he's got some drama queens on his team, and he's done a pretty good job overall of diffusing it. This team is back in the mix now. They have an o- absolute opportunity to win this division. So, um, and defense has played a little bit better. So uh, I think the drama would only come from teammates that are very ticked off. And I, I don't know if those guys exist. I, I think maybe cooler heads have prevailed. They know they like James Conner. I think, uh, despite the fact that it has been a one-back system, you're right. We probably see a little bit more of a timeshare, especially coming right at. And we don't know what kind of shape Bell is in. Um You know, if Bell did the, um, you know, my hamstrings kind of bother me, I don't think I can play this week kind of thing, then it'll get acrimonious between his teammates and himself. But uh, I'm not going to accuse him of that before he's even doing it. But some people have suggested he should just do that. In fact, James Harrison said he should do that. He should just say, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, I'm not feeling great. So uh, I think I'll sit this one out. Uh, Okay, a few other major stories. Uh, Albert Wilson could be heading to IR for the Dolphins. So he helped somebody win a million dollars last week. I think he's been a waiver wire add. He may be headed to IR. Uh, the Cardinals head coach uh, Steve Wilkes says we are not trading Patrick Peterson. He said that in response to Patrick Peterson saying, "I want out." I don't blame him. It's the worst team in the league. Sure. Although the Raiders are sure. the Raiders are. Second with a bullet, so the Those Giants are first. there too. Yeah. Those
3: Giants are contending com- for that role as well. But it's
2: competition right. for that. So I, race I, to the bottom. Race uh, to the bottom. In, in my over under competition, I have a buddy that picked the Giants and the Cardinals overs. So Oof. he's uh, in. Rough they date. should have
3: listened to our show. No, no kidding.
2: <laughs> I should have. Be, I should have gone the other way against him. You could do that in that competition. Oh, you could I go should, heads up. Yeah, uh, I did oh, not yeah. elect to do that only because the Cardinals under was five and a half, and the yeah. the the money the juice was on the over it was heavy right, so yeah. I did not want to go against that, and I thought picking five it's a low number, you know, and almost when I'm doing that competition, I want some breathing room, so if I go right. through it and I can know. I'd want it to only be, like, there's no way they're winning more than four games is how I'd want to approach that, and that's a really low number to pick. In retrospect, I probably should have traded the Patriots into my competition because they're looking good now. I just needed them to play the Chiefs before that deadline, and I might have made a, a decision. But anyway, uh, I'm all over the place right now. Bottom line, Cardinals say they are not trading Patrick Peterson. Uh, it's uh, has asked Arizona to deal by the October 30th deadline Ian Rappaport last reported last week that Arizona owner Michael Bidwell, Bidwell emphatically shot down that idea. Not true, Bidwell said. I've seen the speculation, but it's not happening. Not happening. So there doesn't appear to be much wiggle room. We'll see if it's a first-round pick gets them to move, but I don't know who's going to give that up at this stage. So Doug Marone, head coach of the Jaguars, won't reveal the Jaguars' starting quarterback. So I'll tell you why. I'll oh,
3: this- he did, though. How did he, did he do that? Tell me. Later on in the day. Later on in the day, he did. Uh, blew it. They are going back to Blake Bortles. Yeah. Blake Bortles is leash. starting on Sunday. However, Cody Kessler will get first team reps uh, this week in practice. But he did go back after that and say that uh, Bortles will be starting this Sunday across the pond.
2: He said he'd have a short leash. So um, Yep. that's a terrible way to handle it to say I'm not horrible. revealing. Absolutely horrible.
3: They had the opportunity to make the move. They had the chance to make the move and he is sitting on the fence. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to go further. This is a disservice to their team, Blewett. They are a team that if they had a quarterback, they would in fact be a championship kind of contender. They got to the AFC championship game last year for goodness sakes. Everyone knew what the issue is. You're telling me right now that they can't call Arizona for Sam Bradford or Mike Glennon that they can't call Indianapolis right now for Jacoby Brissett. You're telling me Jacoby Brissett wouldn't have this team as a playoff contender right now, Mike?
2: I totally understand what you're saying. That's a lot to ask. And Brissett actually did something like this at the beginning of last year. He came in with almost no warning and came in and yeah, guided the exactly. office for a while. Um, and he has shown he's one of the best 35 quarterbacks on the planet, in my opinion. And he's a free agent after this year. If I were the Colts, I wouldn't do Why it. Why not? If I were the Colts, I wouldn't do it. I just don't think I would. I, I'd want a little bit. I still they give want. you a
3: second-round draft pick, you don't take it?
2: it would get. It, I would think about it. I would really think about it. I just don't know. I mean,
3: Amari Cooper just went for a first-round pick. You're telling me you call Arizona, say, hey, give me Sam Bradford, give me Mike Glennon, we'll give you a second-round pick. Give me give me Jacoby Brissett, Indy. Andrew Luck has proven that he's back healthy, and he's obviously not in your plans long-term anyway. Give me Joby, Jacoby Brissett for a second-round pick.
2: Are you 100% convinced there's nothing wrong with Luck anymore?
3: I think the Colts are.
2: That are you?
3: Uh... Yeah, I mean he threw the Hail Mary the the previous week, right? You know, I yeah. <laughs> I think you got to ride out with that. I mean, like, if if you play this out and you go to the scenario where Andrew Luck is not okay, then your franchise is set back for half a decade anyway, and Jacoby Brissett was never your long-term answer at quarterback. If you could flip that into a second-round pick the same way the Jets flipped Teddy Bridgewater into a third-round pick, but you could get more because it's a, a little higher point of leverage because the Jags are midseason and still alive in the AFC South, yes. I, I Like, I've been toying the idea of Eli, that makes no sense, Tarantino. I guess that makes no sense. Although the Browns and Jaguars just dealt last week, okay? I really do believe that Sam Bradford or Mike Glennon in Arizona is, you know, just chilling there, viable. And honestly, I honestly believe Jacoby Brissett would be an interesting fit.
2: I have to bet. I have to bid an obscene amount of money on Cody Kessler this week because I have Lake Bortles is uh, because the the um,
3: your backup bye week quarterback.
2: Yes. In my dynasty league, mm-hmm. Phil Rivers is on a buy right now. I guess right. though, if I not get Brock Osweiler, go for Brock Osweiler. He's yeah, probably already owned. This, this is this dynasty yeah. league is so deep. Like there's tr- the, Derek like, Anderson, the two guys. Derek not, Anderson, he's or Cody owned. Kessler. <laughs> I'm sure he's owned. I didn't I didn't get in the mix on it because right I have you Rivers and Bortles. Bortles. I have Rivers and Bortles. And why would I think they would right. bench him out of nowhere <laughs> for Cody Kessler? But sure enough. Here we are, and and if, it's the
3: one week you need Rivers on the buy too, right?
2: Yes, and I don't know as of this moment whether or not Bortles is going to start. Now, if Bortles starts, I don't need to bid a dime on Kessler. I'll just play. Rivers it sounds the rest like they the are way. starting him, though. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, it sounds like it he's right going to start. I
3: don't know if he's going to finish.
2: <laughs> right, I'm, so I'm going to lose either way. I can't. I can only start one of them, so it doesn't help me to have both when one guy is starting and the other guy. I mean, I, if I if I can predict that. Bortles would come, will get benched, and Kessler would come in and light it up in London. Then, uh, then I'd be a, so, a genius. But where are we I up? gotta tell you,
3: then, if you are SOL like that and yeah. you don't get it, I'll tell you who to pick up. Blew it, honestly. If you're at completely bereft of any possible starting quarterback, you got to pick up Taysom Hill.
2: You're probably right. You're probably right. Let me see. It's a good point. I'll see what. Let me do right? for It's for him or Lamar. Just to give everybody it's a sense him or Lamar of Lamar. If every quarterback is out, I'm playing in. I've won this thing twice. Every,
3: and I know because I'm in big time. I'm in 14-team super flex dynasty leagues. I know what you're talking about. Every quarterback is owned. Backup quarterbacks are owned. One guy is owning right now Teddy Bridgewater and Mason Rudolph right now, for goodness sakes. But if you're in that situation, I think Taysom Hill is the answer.
2: Picked up. The only, the only option okay. is Cody Kessler, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, Nate, um, Nate Peter. Lamar Jackson? Jeff Driscoll Lamar Jackson. two points the other day. Oh, no, 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 no. Lamar, Lamar Jackson? Jackson was drafted. No. Like he was drafted. This Fair is enough. really deep. So you're, people are stashing I guys like that. So, you know, I yeah. can predict that Tom Brady goes down. I'd pick up Brian Hoyer, I suppose. But literally the only guys that have scored points this year are Taylor, right. Cody Kessler, Nate Peterman, Jeff Driscoll, Matt Schaub, Sean Mannion somehow got 0.1 points this year, and Geno Smith the same. You've got to go it. Peterman.
3: I think so, that Derek Anderson gets banged up because he's off the all street.
2: Right, now that I've put people to sleep with my nonsense, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, waiver wire impacts. Why don't you bring up the uh, – as I'm doing this read, bring up some of these waiver options that we can talk about because of the Amari Cooper trade and some other things that are going on. So if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with pros using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. So forget having to create multiple lineups. And ditch the hassle of dealing with late with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. There's no more dealing with late lineup scratches and no experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. So go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So... Uh, we'll do a uh, majority of the waiver wire stuff after the break, but who's the first guy that you feel like people need to jump on other than my Cody Kessler nonsense.
3: Uh, Jalen Rashard. With this, news, with this news, I think it's Jalen Richard. I think he is going to be the starting running back. Remember, the Raiders were also on bye, so he may not have been on people's radar. I think it's Jalen Richard at the running back position. And last I took, I'm looking at Yahoo, which is more public. He's only 25% owned in Yahoo leagues. So to me, it's Jalen Richard is the running back to grab this week.
2: Yeah, so uh, Jalen Richard. I mean, they've been so inefficient. It's been uh, a mess. Marlon
3: Mack? owned in 55% of leagues, but that means he's unowned in 45% of leagues. Marlon Mack, listen, he just put up a 19 carries, 126 yards and one touchdown. He looks like he solidified himself as the lead dog in that committee. That's my biggest
2: mistake of the fantasy season. I I kept Marlon Mack in a keeper league in like the ninth round, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and he just wasn't coming back, and I just needed some help in another position, and I caught him a couple of weeks ago. Mm. He's already picked up and the reason I, I finally came to the conclusion that I should let him go is that they couldn't run the ball. So I wouldn't I didn't assume that he was going – I didn't assume that it was the running backs. I thought they were having significant offensive line issues. They still weren't protecting Luck. And I still don't know that that wasn't his best game. you know what I mean? I, I don't know that this is Marlon yeah. Mack. We're going to come back, discuss Marlon Mack, and a few more waiver wire pickups after the break. It's Mike and Dane on FST Tuesday edition. We'll be right back. Back on FST, Mike and Dane. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, do so at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. Dane is at Spit and Speeds, S P E D Z. You know the Daily Roto DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. You've heard a lot about the DailyRoto.com NFL DFS optimizer here on the Fantasy Sports Network, and how its subscribers and winning tournament prizes on FanDuel and DraftKings in the thousands, hundreds of thousands, and the seven one million dollar winners they've produced. Well, Dane, now you can double your pleasure and cash in the in the NBA daily fantasy party too. This is really uh, wow! Diffi- this is a difficult read. Just is. If you're playing daily fantasy sports and you aren't using the dailyroto.com tools, projections, and optimizers, you're doing it wrong and you're at a competitive disadvantage. Remember when Charlie Weiss said that he had a decided schematic advantage at Notre Dame? Well, he was wrong, but we're right because you'll have a competitive advantage here at Daily Roto. So go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and enter promo code FNTSY for a special discount. And start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and start winning today. DailyRoto.com, the site where millionaires are made. And if anybody would like to help me to rewrite that read. Just call in. So,
3: blew it, honestly, because I do the read, but I don't read it word for word like that. I internalize it, and then I paraphrase it in my own style.
2: I hear you. You, know, you have of just a specific style, like, though. You have a whole thing fair, going on.
3: But you threw, it, you threw in your Charlie Weiss. Yeah. You threw in your Charlie
2: Weiss little nugget, and yes, that's the way, you know, losing my mind it, in the middle man. of it. So, <laughs> we have a call, and I would like to take that call right now. Uh, and who do we have with us? Caller? on the line going once caller on the line nope that fst what do we got nope all right done so sorry that's we okay can call we got back waivers if you to like. talk about Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. if you want to call back we got about 10 minutes to talk to peeps so um, yeah waivers let's go marlon mack that's what i was talking about so uh, i'm bummed that i did drop him in that one league i think He's a fine add because we're hitting major bye weeks here, right? We got four more this week. We got six more the week after this. And I think Marlon Mack is a guy that you're going to need to add. Do I have expectations that the Colts will continue to run the ball like that? And he will? I don't. But I do think he – I always thought that he was the best option at running back for them. He's a second-year player. He's not, he's not a washed-up veteran. He's a second-year player. The guy's just had a lot of injuries. I think you may have to consider that, too. But um, Mm -hmm. so there we go. We have – I mean, that's something to consider going forward. Let's get back to the waivers after we take this call. We got Patrick in Florida. Patrick, how are you? Good, man, good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. What's up? Morning. So I got a a trade question. I was offered uh, Phillip, Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen for Drew Brees and Jarvis Landry. You getting Breeze and Landry?
0: No, I'd be giving Breeze and
2: Landry. No. Nope. No. I'm out. Don't want it. I agree.
3: I think the quarterbacks are almost even and a wash, but I'd much rather have Landry, who I think is actually trending up with Baker Mayfield, as opposed to Keenan Allen, who is frustrated and trending down.
2: I'd say if you did that move, you're probably hoping for a break even on that kind of trade. Do you know what I mean? Like where they I could see them being that being a dead heat. The rest of the way but me personally I'd rather have Breeze and Landry Landry's just yep. I understand the explosiveness of Keenan Allen and it just hasn't happened so maybe there's a second half of the season breakout after they're by. entirely possible maybe this is good timing for him to get 100% healthy but um, I, I, I just am a big fan of Jarvis Landry especially as the Browns continue to score more points he's the most heavily targeted player on the team I think you stick with him Drew Brees having a Drew Brees kind of season. Uh, so, sounds like uh, the other
3: owner that. is also – the other owner sounds like he's also in a bye week conundrum trying to give up two chargers. Um, so it looks like maybe you could rake him over the coals a little bit more also. Yeah, keep that in mind. He's, he's in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah,
2: like who would your quarterback be if you traded for Phil Rivers? What would you do? He's on bye this week. So there you go. Exactly. So he's gone. All right. <laughs> there you go. That's right. That's perfect right. silence. But well, we got some waivers. Yeah, yep. he, he'd have to scramble. So all right. Uh, so the Act thing, you get what I'm saying? Like I, I, I think that he's the guy Absolutely. to own. But I don't know that you can expect that type of game moving forward. Um, I shouldn't have cut him. I just shouldn't have. But and I probably cut him for somebody stupid like uh, Jameson Crowder or something like that. But I just right. I needed depth, and I didn't think I didn't think he was going to come back to any kind of legitimate success and now that team i'm not patting myself on the back or anything that team is six and one so i got but you know what the big problem is i have sony michelle so marlon mack would have been the perfect right. guy to have for sony michelle right now and I, you know i got issues i got sony michelle i got dalvin cook mm. philip Lindsay's gonna be a starting running back for me for the next few weeks so that means to think, other running backs, I told you about
3: Jalen Rashard, Marlon Mack, other heavily added guys right now include the potential replacement for Sony Michelle, Kenyon Barner, include Capri Bibbs, and include uh, Chris Ivory in case Shady is out for any extended period of time. You like any of those guys?
2: Yeah, I, and I think people know this by now, but there was an assumption that it was a knee injury. It was a concussion for Shady, so he's in concussion protocol yeah. still. Um, we'll monitor this the next couple of days, and, and maybe he turns it around. Maybe it's not that significant, but uh, if Shady's out, it's got to be Ivory to me for me. But I don't think that you can count on Shady being out. This is obviously guesswork because it's a concussion. We don't know. But I don't think you can count on Shady being go- out gone too long. Um, I think it's probably Jalen Rashard of that next group, right? Or no, sure. you said Capri Bibbs and who else? Uh, Kenyon Barner. Sorry, um, I guess Bibbs. But do any of those
3: guys? Excite you at all? It depends if you need it for if you purely need it for just one week. I might be okay if I find out that Barner is going to be starting against Buffalo Monday night. Um, if you just need it for the one week because you got optimistic news about my guy the stereotype after the MRI, but uh, yeah, why would... I, I'd be interested in that as a one week only kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but what's yeah, I mean? That's a Jimmy White game though, right? It
3: is, but James White is not like completely dominant as a one hundred percent of it. You know, I still think they'd look to preserve him in that kind of role and not overexpose
2: him. I get that. Uh, I'm with you. I think for one week you can do that. Thursday night game this week. Keep in mind, Dolphins, Texans, uh, Tannehill already considered out. Osweiler starting. So uh, your buy. That's why one of
3: the big wide receiver ads. (laughs) One of the biggest wide receiver ads this week is Danny Amendola blew it. You know, no Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson maybe banged up. They're talking about taking Devontae Parker out of bubble wrap. And, uh, you know, Danny Amendola has 18 targets from Brock Osweiler in the last two games. He's only owned in 15% of leagues. That might be a wide receiver to grab, along with guys like Traequan Smith, Christian Kirk. And don't forget about Geronimo Allison coming back from injury and bye for Green Bay. He's only owned in 35% of leagues. That's a great call. You might be able to get Geronimo Allison
2: great call and Kiki Kuti is out as uh, doubtful for the Texans right now. I would imagine he's not playing on Thursday. They may have already turn declared around? that. So, it's probably just an increase of targets to Hopkins and Fuller, but you probably consider somebody like Bruce Ellington if you're desperate in bye weeks and your buys this week are impactful, particularly at the wide receiver position. You're losing Julio Jones yeah. as the Falcons are out, the Cowboys are out, the Chargers, the are Chargers out, and the Titans are out. So that's I don't know where the heck Tajay Sharp came from, but Tajay Sharp is probably going to be an ad for some people, but they're on bye. I need the t- Titans to be on bye. They're driving me crazy. So you don't bet them? They're driving me crazy, and I just can't deal with it anymore. Every game is super close, and their offense is a mess, and I, I don't know what to make of it. I'm trying to get them over eight. I picked them again. Did I pick them again this week? In the, or, you
3: didn't pick them in our thing, no.
2: I, I, I missed on Jacksonville terribly because Bortles is terrible. That was my survivor right. pick. You went and one and I went, two. And a yeah. four. What, what did I win?
3: Uh, Pats minus three against yeah. Chicago.
2: And what was the other one?
3: I went, uh, you lost with the total last night, and you lost with Jaguars oh, minus okay. five. I went two and one. I hit on the over Jets, Minnesota, I hit also on Kansas City minus six and a half Sunday night. I lost on Buffalo plus seven and a half. I went two and one to go to eleven and ten on the season. You went one and two. You fall to nine, 11 and one.
2: What's on sad is that I'm. F- we got a caller though. What's sad is that I'm four and three in Survivor, but in my actual yeah. Survivor pool, I'm still going. You're all, alive. All three of us won again. We're week eight and we're 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 doing it. And now I also it's I getting interesting. Two
3: of yeah, I am two of thirty six. Remaining, I had the Chargers and Chiefs last week to get through in my two entries. So we got a call though with a couple minutes left.
2: Okay, you want uh, to take it? Well, I, I just want to tell people out there the bye weeks again: okay. Falcons, Cowboys, Chargers, Titans. So you're losing a couple of big quarterbacks, some really big wide receivers, Zeke Elliott. Deion Lewis, mm-hmm. Mel Gordon. It's Melvin good, Gordon. Very well-timed bye week for them. They're going to get some people healthy. Hopefully, Mel Gordon comes back yeah. in week nine. But let's take our call from well. Holly in New Jersey, a regular caller. Holly, how are you? Hey,
0: what's up, guys? Good morning. morning. How you doing? morning, I'm Holly. doing
2: okay. What do you got?
0: Hey, uh, uh, quick question. I uh, just want to try to pay in on my, um, my running backs again because uh, in my league, don't really do trades so I'm kind of playing a waiver wire um so I was able to pick up uh, Jalen Rashad like during his buy, and also was able to grab Nick Chubb so I'm currently uh have Nick Chubb Coleman who won me my game last night um Jordan Howard and Fournette, and Rashad so I'm it's rostering okay. two tight ends which which is it's in Juku right. and um Burton I wanted to know That's if fine. I should drop one of them to pick up um another running back for depth and I will be looking at uh Deion Lewis and picking back up Lamar Miller for one of them.
2: Uh wait, you have Deion Lewis or Deion Lewis is on a waiver wire?
0: No, so Deion Lewis is on a waiver wire and Lamar Miller is also out there so I was trying to see if I should roster continue to roster the two tight ends and play the matchups or drop one of them to pick up uh, one of those running backs to give me more uh depth. Um,
2: you gotta pick up Deon Lewis. I'll
0: run it back to defense.
3: Yeah, I agree. I would. Well, here's what I would do, Holly. I would. I would take pick up Deion Lewis, and honestly, I'd drop in Joku. I'd keep Burton. Sorry. Burton looks like he's getting grew it, going with that offense. He's already had his buy, so you don't have to then, you know, move things around. You just set it and forget with Burton at tight end the rest of the year. Yes, I would pick up Deion Lewis to add to your stable of what sounds like a number of RB two flex guys. So yes, I would take depth. I would pick up Dion Lewis, and I would drop in Joku.
2: Yeah, good stuff. That's it, Ollie. you got to do that. Deion Lewis should not be on waiver wires anywhere. Uh, he's obviously become a much more reliable running back for them. We're closing it out here in the final minute, Dane. Um, any last thoughts? I can tell you that my survivor picks are looking interesting. Should I take the Texans, week. Texans on Thursday? I was thinking about the Texans myself. I got two entries. Right now,
3: I'm leaning Texans on Thursday night. And uh, I'm looking at these Chicago Bears against five yeah, Jets are. at home.
2: The Bears hosting yeah. the Jets. How about Mitch Trubisky? Yeah. How about that guy? How about him? Proving me wrong. How about that guy? Throwing Hail Marys. I hear you. You know, when I was a freshman Listen, at Boston College, we completed Hail Mary in the same way and uh, oh, got right. tackled at the one-yard line. It was excruciating, so I feel for Bears fans. Check Vance
3: McDonald coming off by. He may be available as well. You 40% owned if All you right. need a tight you, end.
2: You've made your point, Vance McDonald. It's like 15 <laughs> weeks in a row you talk about the guy. So keep it in You're mind. Saying. We'll come back. I'll be back with Dane he on might Thursday. stiff-arm you. It's Cardin and Friends next. Talk to you soon.